A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Okay, let's go ahead and get this party started. Hello, one and all, and welcome to today's podcast of The Miller Frost Show. I am your host, Miller Frost, here as always with my fake black friend, white boy Malcolm X. Remember, if you want to get hold of me, my email is miller at millerfrostonline.com, and my parlor handle is at millerfrost. And I see, white boy Malcolm X, that you have got your Kenty cloth on. You are Still woke, you are still celebrating Black History Month, even though it is coming to a close as of midnight tonight. But don't worry, sir. Remember that gay pride is 30 days long. Black History Month is only 28 days long, but the Queens, we got 30 days in June to celebrate gay pride, which neither of us really do anyway. But Okay, before we jump into our news quick hits, we have to do a correction. We always do those at the top of the podcast. And this one involves a story from France 24. The headline with last Wednesday's podcast was Stakes are high as QAnon conspiracy phenomenon emerges in France. And during that podcast, I had made the mistake. I think I corrected it later as I was talking about the article. But when I first started, I had introduced QAnon as a cabal of cannibalistic Satan-worshipping pedophiles. They are not, folks. QAnon is not a cabal of cannibalistic Satan-worshipping pedophiles. They are fighting a cabal of cannibalistic Satan-worshipping pedophiles. They are not a cabal of cannibalistic Satan-worshipping pedophiles. So I, I do apologize to you QAnon conspiracy folks out there. If you thought, and I guess technically I did, but I didn't mean it. It was an accident. I apologize for calling you a cabal of cannibalistic Satan-worshipping pedophiles. And we still don't know, folks. We still don't know what JFK Jr. is up to. Because the article on Wednesday's podcast did not say, and nobody has emailed me about it, to let me know what's going on with JFK and his relationship to QAnon. If you remember, folks, JFK Jr. is still alive, apparently, allegedly, and he is helping QAnon fight these cannibalistic Satan-worshipping pedophiles. Good luck with all that. Sounds like you folks have your hands full. From the post-millennial... We always like to say they came to do good and have done very well indeed. How is this headline? Black Lives Matter discloses finances raked in $90 million last year. Good God. That's a lot of bank. And here's the pull quote from that. We want to uplift black joy and liberation, not just black death. We want to see black communities thriving, not just surviving, the organization said in an impact report. And I don't know if the communities are thriving, But someone's checkbook is thriving over at Black Lives Matter, Inc. $90 million, white boy Malcolm X. That, that is a lot of woke social justice. But I tell you, I bet they're complaining, though. I bet they're complaining about systemic racism because if it weren't for systemic racism and horrible racist white people, they would be pulling in like three or $400 million, (laughs) not just that $90 million that they got to live on now. Oh, poor babies. There you go. Black Lives Matter when it enriches Black Lives Matter, Inc. From USA Today, and speaking of QAnon, these civilians hunt child predators. Experts warn they're playing with fire. And this is about a, uh, this article is about a bunch of vigilantes out hunting. I don't know if they're hunting cannibalistic Satan worshiping pedophiles, but they are out there hunting child predators. And I also don't know if they are targeting high school teachers, because if you are one of these civilians hunting child predators, I tell you what, it's got to be a full-time job just tracking high school teachers because they love that teacher bait. They look at those 15, 16-year-old boys and go, "Mm, mm, mm, that is delicious. So if you are out there, if you are a civilian child predator hunter, I would just go to your local high school and keep an eye on those folks because that'll keep you busy enough. From the BBC, cocaine worth billions, billions with a B, seized in record Germany and Belgium Hall. 
And here's this pull quote. Customs authorities in Germany and Belgium have seized a record amount of cocaine, more than 23 tons. Damn, now that is a lot of Bolivian marching powder. That was destined for the Netherlands. And folks, I looked that up. It's 17 million people in the Netherlands. But I guess they need, to keep that party going, they need about 23 tons of cocaine to do that. God, That's a lot of coke, let me tell you. This is from the LGBTQ Nation and White Boy Malcolm X. Listen to this headline. Pete Buttigieg. Yes, that's stupid queen. Pete Buttigieg biking home from work has the internet in a frenzy. A frenzy? God. You people need to find a better hobby if Pete Buttigieg riding home on a stupid bike is is getting you all a flutter. <laughs> He's on one of these stupid rental bikes. We have them here in the Boston area. They're like, you pay like a buck or two. You pick it up in one location. You can drop it off on the other. But they're these rinky-dink little bicycles. And I tell you what, the only people I ever see riding these things are these sanctimonious white liberals. <laughs> the only ones going, oh, I'm just so wonderful because I get to ride this bike. And it's just so, I can just show how PC and, and fabulous I am towards the environment because I can just ride this thing and I don't have to burn fossil fuels to go anywhere. I can just ride this rental bike. And I would pat myself on the back. But if I took one hand off of these handlebars, it would just fall apart and I'd fall down and hurt myself, you know. That's the type of crappy bikes they uh, they have. But, man, Pete Buttigieg, and I think the worst part is, besides that hideous man purse he's got, got next to him, is that, that queen has her mask on while she's riding around town. Like, she's going to catch the COVID on her cheap rental bicycle flying around town. I got to have my mask on. I don't want to catch the COVID. <laughs> and as an aside, White Boy Malcolm X, did you know that uh, Mayor Pete or Secretary Pete, as they call him now, because he has gotten a promotion in the ruling class. They're making a a documentary on his very short-lived presidential campaign. They're, uh, I guess even though he lost to a senile old man, he lost the Democratic nomination, just because I assume because he is a queen, they think that is history in the making, and they want to make a documentary on that. So I guess we can see him and Chaston, his husband, that low-rent Indiana queen, doing their little campaigning there. I guess maybe Chastin can have some more snarky comments about Rush Limbaugh passing away if he's got the time to do it, which I'm sure he does. This next story is from Boston.com. It is a local story. And for you millennials out there, I'm going to give you a trigger warning. So don't uh, don't get too excited. But here's the headline. Duncan embraces 2016 food trends with new avocado toast, cold brew, and matcha offerings. So right now, all those millennials listening to this podcast are, are masturbating to avocado toast. Oh, avocado toast. Oh. <laughs> Having fun with that. A couple of details for you millennials as you rush out the door. They are only $2.99 and are toasted sourdough bread topped with avocado spread and everything bagel seasoning. And the last place I plan on going anytime soon is a Dunkin' Donuts. Because let's face it, folks, every time you're in line at a coffee place and there's a millennial in front of you, that is one to two minutes of your life just kiss goodbye because they have to have their special iced coffee drinks and their special bagels and all this other special stuff because they're so special. They just suck up all the bandwidth and the time. And I'm like, I just want to get in and get out. Black coffee done. No, and I don't mean to be racist asking for a black coffee, but you can't do that anymore because if you're behind a millennial, they're just going to clog up the line six ways to Sunday. From the Hollywood Reporter, Brett Ratner's Millie Vanilli Biop dropped by Millennium Media. And don't panic out there, you Gen Xers like me and White Boy Malcolm X. Don't panic because just because Millennium Media dropped them doesn't mean that there aren't a couple of other production companies with bags full of cash ready to bring this thing to the silver screen. And if you're out there, you're some millennial or Gen Z kid going, well, Miller, who the hell is Millie Vanilli? Millie Vanilli, folks, they, it's actually is a group or was a group they were real black, real capital B black, but they were fake singers. So they did, uh, they had, I don't know, a hit or two. I don't know if I've got any of their fake music on my iPhone, but they, uh, they had a couple of hits and they were discovered to be not the actual singers. They were just lip syncing all of their music. And that was in, I think, the late 80s or early 90s. I'm not sure. It was around that time, but Brett Ratner is coming out of retirement to do a Millie Vanilli buy-up. People are lining up to to fund this dumpster fire of a project, but uh, 
Coming to you soon. If you don't know the Millie Vanilli story, you will hear in a bit. From Breitbart, Amazon Prime cancels Justice Clarence Thomas documentary during Black History Month. And yes, folks, that Uncle Tom, Clarence Thomas, his documentary got canceled on on Amazon. And here's the pull quote. Amazon showed it has its limits when it comes to its dedication to diversity and inclusion when it failed to continue streaming a critically acclaimed and popular documentary on the only black Supreme Court justice during Black History Month. And I would say to Breitbart and anyone else who's like, how could they do that? Folks, you know that Jeff Bezos and Amazon, they've got their own building full of woke virgin (laughs) millennials and, and Gen Z kids, just like Twitter does and just like Facebook does. You know, they're sitting over there going, well, you know, Black History Month matters unless, well, this is Uncle Tom, and we're not playing that, right? So we're going to yank that, and who's going to complain, right? The only people that are going to complain about that are conservatives. And what do you think those folks at Amazon and Twitter and Facebook think of you? You're an idiot. So, like, I don't care. You can complain all you want. It's just going to make them happier at the end of the day. From Queerty, Sir Ian McKellen has a wish for the gay community. Stand with trans people. Good God, man, you're insane. But here's the poll quote. I do hear people, gay people, talk about transgender people in very much the same terms as people used to talk about your common or garden gay. The connection between us all is that we come under the queer umbrella. We are queer. I like being queer, actually. The problems that transgender people have with the law are not dissimilar from what used to be the case for us, so I think we should all be allies, really. And Sir Ian McKellen, with all due respect, sir, I don't think anyone is opposed to being an ally to transgenders, but transgenders are just a royal pain in the ass. (laughs) They are some of the most difficult high-maintenance people anyone has to deal with, because if you don't properly genuflect to them, if you don't, you know, adhere to their special pronouns and their special genders and all sorts of, all their little rules, you are a transphobe, you are a turf and a transphobe, if you are a woman who objects to any of this, and you're just supposed to say, if there is a person standing in front of you with a vagina and breasts, and they say, I am a man, you're supposed to salute and say, yes, sir. And if they're standing there with a penis, you're supposed to salute or curtsy and say, yes, ma'am, how are you? And why don't you come into the women's room and come into this women's shelter? And who cares about the penis? We're not going to worry about any of that that, uh, junk down there. Just forget about it. It's all good, right? And if you don't do that, if you don't do exactly what they say, exactly how they tell you to do it, You are the problem. So Sir Ian McKellen, you know, they're the pain in the ass here, not the rest of us. This is from Cult of Mac, speaking of virgin pajama boys. (laughs) I don't know how woke they are over there, but this is one of these tech blogs, these Mac tech blogs. And here's this headline. And listen to this, white boy Malcolm X. You'll like this. Apple hires hunks for band of brothers follow-up. Yes, hunks, white boy Malcolm X. And who doesn't like a little eye candy? And so here's the pull quote on that. Apple TV Plus reportedly picked Austin Butler and Callum Turner for the cast of Masters of the Air, a follow-up to HBO's mega-hit Band of Brothers. Supposedly, two more lead actors have been chosen but not yet named. And so, folks, I saw this article and I'm like, hunks, and Austin Butler and Callum Turner. I'm like, hmm, I've never heard of these two guys. I want to see what they look like. So I pulled them up and Austin Butler, folks, Austin Butler is, I think, 19 years old. (laughs) He is not a hunk. I mean, I don't mean to be disrespectful to Austin Butler. He's a good-looking young man, but he's not a hunk. I mean, the only way that man is a hunk, that young man, that teenage boy is a hunk, is if you are a high school teacher and you are done banging every 15 and 16 and 17-year-old around. So Austin Taylor is your version of hunk, but he is not my version. He is not a hunk in any way, shape, or form, but I'm sure he's a nice young man. Don't mean to bash him like that. (laughs) Callum Turner is some British guy, and I think he's like 30. He's older, but I... Uh, that I would not call a hunk either, but uh, hey, you know, those folks at Coltamac, God bless them, that is their definition of hunk, and we'll just, we'll roll with it for now. From Reuters, New Zealand's largest city, Auckland, back to lockdown after COVID-19 case. Yes, folks, case. One case, and they're locking it down. Two million people locked down because of one case of COVID, and here is the pull quote. New Zealand's Prime Minister Jacinda Ardern said on Saturday that the country's biggest city, Auckland, will go into a seven-day lockdown from early morning on Sunday 
after a new local case of the coronavirus of unknown origin emerged. And I tell you what, Jacinda Ardern, she is COVID Karen incarnate. That woman, she doesn't give a crap. She's getting her paycheck. Her job is very secure. You got a small business or you are reliant on going out to work to earn a paycheck. Sucks to be you, but Jacinda, she is locking that city down. Two million people locked down over one case of COVID. So you get them, Jacinda. You kill those small businesses. And just unbelievable those people put up with it. <laughs> okay, okay, we'll just stay locked over seven days. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you people out there in New Zealand, you New Zealanders, man, I don't know what happened. All those sheep out there, <laughs> you turned into wimps. This is from the Washington Post. Andrew Kumo, once touted as the gold standard, finds his brand tarnished by multiple crises. Andrew Kumo, folks, the governor of New York, is now finding himself on thinner and thinner ice with each passing day. I saw this morning that a second woman has come out to accuse him of sexual harassment. So he has gone from Andrew Kumo to just creepy Andy. <laughs> Ugh, God, that would be disgusting. And I tell you what, I don't know what's going to happen to him or his brother Fredo over at CNN because Fredo only has a job because of his brother. And all those sad, they call them kumosexuals, you sick women out there and you sick queens out there that find either of those two arousingly uh, sexually attractive. They call them kumosexuals, but they're both going to be off the stage at some point, so you all need to fetishize someone else. Kumosexual, God, I would kill myself. <laughs> Ugh. This is from Breitbart. UK knife crime hits record high under Tories as over 50,000 offenses logged in one year. This, folks, is what you call the law of unintended consequences. So they're very anti-gun in Britain. They have taken all the guns away from people or a good number of them. And so what are people doing? They're getting a little creative and they're using knives. <laughs> hmm. Guess they're going to take those away next. Here's the pull quote from that. The report found that 44% of the knife crimes were violent assaults and 44% were robberies, which rose from 18,518 to 20,196 in the year leading up to March 2020. And here's a second quote. Homicides in general rose by 7%, with 695 people losing their lives in violent attacks. Figures from the Home Office revealed that during the same time period, there were 4,344 threats to kill with a knife, representing a 22% jump over the year before. And I don't know about you folks, but... I would rather get shot to death than knifed to death any day of the week. Not that I want either, but man, knife to death. Ouch. That has got to hurt as you're bleeding out. They're like tch, 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 stabbing you. So have fun with that over there in Britain. Wait till they take the knives away. Then we'll have, I don't know, fork crimes, <laughs> baseball bat crimes. They're going to take everything away. You people are going to be in one big rubber room before it's all over. This is from Boston.com. And here's this headline. Jeremy Lin said he was called coronavirus during a game, explains why incident illuminates a larger trend. And for you folks that don't know, Jeremy Lin, I think, is Chinese or he is of Asian descent and he is in the NBA and he was heckled, apparently, and he was heckled with coronavirus. <laughs> so some guys in the stand or some woman's in the stand going, coronavirus, coronavirus. And Jeremy was a little butthurt about that. So he went on to social media to cry and complain about that like any good millennial would. And they called me a name, and they called me coronavirus, and I was upset. <laughs> so the pull quote from that, Since the start of the pandemic, there has reportedly been a rise of hate-fueled harassment and racist hate crimes against Asian Americans, fueled by xenophobic rhetoric. Which is similar, but not exactly, to the rise of hate-fueled harassment fueled by xenophobic rhetoric, that is found on college campuses against white people. <laughs> Completely different, folks. So please, if you could, if you are out at an NBA game and you see Jeremy Lin, you can just scream, you suck. Don't call the guy coronavirus. He's going to cry and complain about it. <laughs> this is from The Hollywood Reporter. And speaking of racism, Taneshi Coates. And that is one of those woke social justice warriors. He is really big on the reparations front. I guess he wants to get paid again to write new Superman movie for Warner Brothers. So that's right, folks. We're going to have a black Superman <laughs> coming to a theater near you. And that is being produced by J.J. Abrams. And if you're not quite sure who he is, that is the gentleman, folks. He made hipster Star Trek. So he first went through and destroyed the Star Trek legacy. And then he went over and uh, he destroyed Star Wars after that. 
<laughs> he's not done. They're giving him DC Comics. Like, here, can you can you make a mess of this as well? And he's like, oh, yeah, sure. Let's do Black Superman. <laughs> okay, let's, that, that sounds great. All those woke folks over there. I have no doubt, though. Don't worry, folks. Lex Luthor will still be white, and I bet he's going to be extra white this next time around. They're going to put white powder on that guy. They're going to get a ginger, and they're going to put extra white powder on him. He's going to be so pasty white, there's no doubt that he is symbolic of all white men. And when they're done with that, maybe uh, maybe J.J. can go over and trash Marvel. They can get him and give him the Marvel franchise, and he can probably get Ibram X. Kendi. We have not heard a lot from him, but he is doubly woke. I bet he is twice as woke as Taneshi Coates. This guy, he hates white people. <laughs> he, he rails against him in all of his books, and he's always talking about white supremacy and white power and white this and white that. And, you know, they already got a black Captain America, right? Chris, whatever his name is, one of the Chris's. He left Marvel and he uh, gave it up to uh, some other guy. Is now black Captain America. We could have, like, black Iron Man. I mean, there is a problem. We do have a character named Black Widow, but that is played by a white chick. <laughs> you want to talk about oppression and you want to talk about cultural appropriation? Black Widow is white. So maybe J.J. Abrams and Ibram Rex Kendi can get rid-, get rid of her as well, whatever her name is. She's out of there. And we can have a completely woke Marvel Universe. I don't know what they're going to do with the Hulk. He's green, but I bet they can make him black as well. And now that we are done with our news quick hits, let's go ahead and dive right into the pile. And yes, White Boy Malcolm X, gay at the front and smoking gun at the back. It is a disturbing smoking gun story, folks. I'm warning you well in advance. It is in Florida, so it's doubly disturbing. But here's this headline from the College Fix. Syracuse students want major in LGBTQ studies, despite minimal interest in minor. Some students at Syracuse University want to see a new major in LGBTQ studies offered. However, there is minimal interest in the minor currently offered. Even the director of the LGBTQ studies program said there are not enough people pursuing the studies program. I don't see a rainbow wave crashing in, Professor William Robert told the student newspaper The Daily Orange. Robert directs the LGBTQ program and is a religion professor, well, that's an interesting combo, at the private New York University. The previous program director, Margaret Himley, said in 2020 that the university needed to hire more LGBT faculty and reiterated the demand for a major. At the time, 16 students were enrolled in the minor, according to the Daily Orange. So less and less people are enrolling in this program And they still want it to be a major. Okay, then. But let's find out a little bit more about what they're offering currently. The course catalog for the program offers a variety of classes on subjects with an LGBTQ twist on them. Queering the Middle Ages will introduce course participants to the models and methods developed in the field of queer theory and apply them to a wide range of medieval texts. I can only imagine that. A course titled Christian and Sexuality will look at the highly contested terrain of Christian understandings of sexuality with emphasis on the role of the Bible, doctrinal tradition, and the entry of new voices into the conversation. Students studying abroad in England, and I hope if they're out there in England studying, I hope they are avoiding knife fights, can still participate in the minor by taking courses on the business of nightlife, London subcultures, or British masculinity on screen, James Bond, and Sherlock Holmes, according to the course list. And both of those folks, let's face it, they both sound pretty gay to me. And folks, if you want to know... What the learning outcomes are, if you are at Syracuse University and you want to enroll in an LGBTQ studies minor as part of your degree program, and you're like, hmm, what are the learning outcomes that I can expect from this? Well, here they are. Describe what life has been like for LGBTQ people in different times and places. That's an easy one. Oppressed, oppressed, oppressed. Identify the theories, LGBTQ theories, and theories of power and agency that makes sense of and explicate queer and LGBTQ lives. Examine political action taken by the LGBTQ people historically and contemporarily. Utilize intersectional analysis to examine LGBTQ life in the U.S. and transnationally. Become familiar with different traditions and ways of thinking about sexuality and desire. Desire, white boy Malcolm X, transnationally. Good God. And lastly, analyze the cultural production of LGBTQ people and how their lives and identities have been represented by others. And that, folks, is cultural appropriation. And if you are watching a movie and you see someone who is straight playing someone who is gay, that's what we like to call gay for pay on this program. Like that creeper Army Hammer or Timothée Chalamet, right? The gay for pay crowd. That is what that means. And 
I'll tell you what, though, an LGBTQ studies major at Syracuse, so I don't know, a dozen people are clamoring for that, and Syracuse is thinking, well, maybe, maybe not, we don't know, but I'll tell you what, if they go through with that, and you folks are out there going, hmm, man, maybe that's something I'm interested in. I would actually like to be have a major in LGBTQ studies, and Syracuse is a great place to go. What would that cost me? Well, folks, let me tell you what that's going to cost you to have an LGBTQ major from Syracuse University. The tuition there is $50,000 a year. So if you make it out in four years, and let's face it, I don't know if that's going to be possible for everyone. So if you do it in four years, you get in and get out. That degree in LGBTQ studies is going to set you back just in tuition, not room and board, not books, not all those other stupid fees they make you pay, $200,000 just just to run around and tell people, I have a major in LGBTQ studies from Syracuse University. I'm so smart. I've just got this wonderful degree. Unfortunately, girlfriend, that degree is worthless in the real world. You can't go into accounting with that. You can't go into business management with that. You can't go into uh, engineering with that. You can't do uh, much of anything with that. The only thing you, I think you can do is, uh, is be a shift supervisor at your local Starbucks for $200,000 or $300,000, depending on how much you borrow uh, when all is said and done. <laughs> and this, folks, so when they waive... All those student loans from folks, this is what they're waiving, right? Uh, $200,000, $300,000 worth of loans for an LGBTQ studies major from a private university, and, and you get to pay for that. So enjoy. This is from the Summit Daily, and yes, White Bo Malcolm X, the Summit Mistress sent us this story, and I think she's only doing it, I believe she is only doing it to deflect because we've had a number of Louisiana stories and she is from Louisiana, but she currently lives in Colorado. She's been there for, I don't know, forever, but she was in Summit County. That's when we were all hanging out. So that's why she was the Summit Mistress. She still is a Summit Mistress, even if she doesn't live in Summit County, but she sent us this story to show us that the nuttiness is not just in Louisiana or in Florida or wherever. It is also going on in Colorado, which let's face it, we all knew that. Here is the headline. I lived there for, what, four years? It's beautiful area. Don't get me wrong. Nice people, but there are some true nuts there, and I don't think that weed is helping anything. Records allege Lake County coroner wife tried to recover body during investigation. So these two are trying to get hold of a corpse. Let's find out what's going on there. Court documents are providing new insights into the investigation of Lake County coroner Shannon Lee Kent and his wife, Stacy Don Kent, who were arrested on charges of attempted tampering with a deceased human body last week. Earlier this month, authorities discovered a badly deteriorating body that was allegedly left in a coffin for several months at the former Kent Bailey Funeral Home in Silverthorne. And who knew Wipo Malcolm X that there was anything in Silverthorne but outlet stores, but I guess there was a funeral home there as well. According to court records, Stacy Kent contacted at least three individuals on February 16th, including a Silverthorne police officer, to try to pick up the body, but she was informed that the body was now in the custody of the Park County Coroner's Office and that the Department of Regulatory Agencies order prohibited Shannon Kent or anyone acting on his behalf from doing any funerary-related work. The same day, Shannon Kent, so I guess he sent the wife to do his bidding and she got shot down, so he's like, well, I guess I'll do this my damn self. So Shannon Kent contacted Kintz, who was one of the coroners, and said he was working with an old friend from a Boulder-based mortuary service to pick up the body on behalf of the Kents and Akabu's family. And Akabu, unfortunately, is the deceased man, according to the reports. The service was later informed that the Kents were no longer licensed to operate. On February 18th, the Silverthorne Police Department arrested both Shannon and Stacy Kent with the assistance of the Lake County Sheriff's Office. The arrest affidavit reads, Based on the reporting, it is clear that the Kents attempted to recover a body when they were not licensed to operate a funeral home and solicited a third party to assist them in this crime, knowing an investigation was in progress. In addition to the attempted tampering with a deceased human body, a Class 4 felony. So in Colorado, folks, if you diddle with a body, boom, that is a felony. Shannon Kent was also booked on a charge of violating the bail bond conditions from his December 2019 arrest, a Class 6 felony. They are not, uh, they're not cheap with the felonies in Colorado. Who knew? I guess the only question at this point, folks, is what is going on with that body? I guess they had this body in their funeral home and they were, I don't know, not doing nice things. <laughs> so they just threw it in there, letting it rot or what have you. But they wanted to hide that thing 
Like, okay, if we just get the body, if they don't have a body, we're not going to be in trouble anymore. So they're trying to do all this stuff to get that body back. <laughs> I don't know. I just, you know, given the way things are these days, folks, with all the weirdos that we report on on this podcast, I hope, I pray and I hope that uh, that Shannon and Stacy are not using that body for bad things. <laughs> and by bad things, I think you people know what I mean. <laughs> because let's face it, there are... Some real sexual creepers out there, and that does include necrophiliacs. And if you don't know what a necrophiliac is, that is someone who gets sexually aroused at dead bodies. That is someone who would like to make love, sweet, sweet love, to a corpse. (laughs) I don't know if that's the case here, but something is going on with that corpse, and I just hope that family is able to get that body back before the the Kents get hold of it again. Maybe that embalming fluid is like an aphrodisiac. I don't know. Morticians were weird enough. Now they're doubly weird in my book. This is from the Daily Wire. Oh, the places the woke will go. Dr. Seuss canceled for racial undertones. Holy crap, white boy Malcolm X. Dr. Seuss is a racist. A national educators organization is telling schools to avoid reading Dr. Seuss because the children's books allegedly have racial undertones. For more than 20 years, March 2nd has been recognized as Read Across America Day in honor of Dr. Seuss's birthday. The Reading Recognition Day was founded by the National Education Association, the nation's largest labor union, or I guess they're racist as well, in 1998. This year's theme is Create and Celebrate Diversity. Learning for justice. And folks, anytime you have an organization with the word justice in it, somebody is about to get screwed. A left-wing educators group is demanding that Dr. Seuss be canceled. A prominent Virginia school district has taken marching orders and ordered its schools to avoid connecting Read Across America Day with Dr. Seuss. Loudoun County Public Schools, one of the nation's most affluent school districts, announced that it will no longer recognize Dr. Seuss on his birthday. In an announcement obtained by the Daily Wire, the school district said that Dr. Seuss's children's books contain racial undertones that are not suitable for culturally responsive learning. In a magazine article titled, It's Time to Talk About Dr. Seuss, Learning for Justice cites a study from St. Catherine University that claims Dr. Seuss's children's literature is rife with Orientalism, anti-blackness, and (gasps) white supremacy. Oh no. The researchers surveyed 50 Dr. Seuss books and concluded that there is not enough diversity in the children's books, many of which were written in the 1950s. Of the 2,240 identified human characters, There are 45 of color, representing 2% of the total number of human characters the study reads. Of the 45 characters of color, 43 exhibited behaviors and appearances that align with harmful and stereotypical Orientalist tropes. Learning for Justice alleges that many of the non-white characters in Dr. Seuss's books were men and were subservient to the white characters in his book. It's also important to note that each of the non-white characters is male, and that they are all presented in subservient, exotified, and dehumanized role, especially in relation to white characters the organization wrote. Learning for Justice claims that anyone who defends Dr. Seuss's problematic work is a racial apologist, (laughs) God, and is making excuses for why bigotry doesn't matter. So you folks out there going, well, that's kind of crazy. You're nothing but a racial apologist. Shut up and sit down. I shouldn't laugh, but yes, that is how nutty the world is today. And when I think of Dr. Seuss, folks, I'm thinking like uh, the Grinch, right? (laughs) Apparently, he's a white supremacist. Uh, Sam I Am. Remember Green Eggs and Ham? Sam I Am is a racist. The Cat in the Hat. That poor cat is a damn racist, too. (laughs) And Horton the Elephant. He's a racist. That blue elephant is a racist. And I guess Thing 1 and Thing 2 are also racist out there. You people at St. Catherine University, if you've got time to go through these books to find that lurking white supremacy and racism, you've got more time on your hands than you need. And don't you worry about that, folks. You think they're stopping with Dr. Seuss. You are wrong. (laughs) They're going to keep going after every children's book out there. This is from News. And yes, folks, we do have a teacher bait story. And here it is. Seventh grade math teacher had sexual contact with her teenage student faces criminal charges. Police in Killen, Alabama, so this pervert is in Alabama this time around, says a teacher at a local high school turned herself in following her indictment for allegedly having sex with a student. According to AL.com, Alabama high school teacher Ashton Elena McCuskey was arrested Wednesday by Lauderdale County authorities for alleged sex with a student. 
Lauderdale County Sheriff Rick Singleton said McCuskey faces two felony charges. So you folks out there, that teacher in Texas, White Boy Malcolm X, she's getting like 20 years for banging a student or two. This one has got a felony. God knows how long she's going to be in jail. I told you, teachers, never get a boy to do a man's job. You don't listen. You keep doing it. You keep getting that teacher bait. And you keep getting those felony charges. You're going to keep going to jail. You better stop. Anyway, she faces two felony charges of a school employee having sexual contact with a student under the age of 17. The teacher was previously listed on the Brooks High School website as a 7th grade math teacher prior to her arrest for alleged sex with a student. And here, folks, this is where the story gets a bit interesting. If you thought it was bad enough that she's banging a student, mm -mm, it gets more interesting from here. Lauderdale County Sheriff Rick Singleton previously told WAAY the case of the school teacher accused of sex with a student was referred to the Alabama State Bureau of Investigation due to a conflict of interest. Told you folks it was getting interesting. Supposedly, the student involved is a family member of an employee with the sheriff's office. The student is a family member of one of our employees, so for that reason, the case was referred to the SBI for further investigation, Singleton said. <laughs> so folks, Ashton Elena McCluskey, she must have wanted to get caught. <laughs> Of all the kids, seriously, of all the kids in that high school to bang, she's got to pick the one with a parent in the sheriff's office. <laughs> I mean, there's dumb, and then there's box of rocks dumb. <laughs> and I don't, folks, again, I apologize if you're a box of rocks listening to this podcast. I do apologize for the comparison, but Ashton Elena McCluskey's looking at the one kid in school who's got someone in the sheriff's department goes, that's the one I want to bang. That is the fresh teacher bait that... Yum, yum, yum. That's the one I want. You're probably thinking, I wonder if he's got handcuffs. <laughs> you teachers out there, I'm serious. Stop it. Just stop. Stop banging your students for Christmas sakes. Jesus, man. Never get a boy to do a man's job. Good God. This is from Fox News, and this is just to tease our upcoming Florida story. Florida resident reports shooting naked man carrying Bible. A naked man knocking on doors at a South Florida apartment complex at midweek was shot by someone who then called 911 to turn himself in, police said. The man was carrying a Bible and knocking on doors Wednesday at the Sunshine Garden Apartments when he was shot, Pembroke Pines Police Major Al Ziquez told the South Florida Sun Sentinel. The man was taken to a hospital in critical condition, police said. The newspaper reported that officers found the man bleeding and on the ground. Police said officers were already on their way to investigate calls about a naked man at the complex when a 911 caller said he had just shot the man. He wanted to surrender himself to police, Seekas said. He was detained by police and is being questioned. <laughs> that white boy Malcolm X, that is just, it's just an odd story. We've had a couple of those like New York stories that were just random and odd, and this is another one of those, except it's in Florida this time, but the guy's walking around naked. He's got a Bible, but he's walking around naked. He's just knocking on doors like... God knows what he's asking, but people open the doors and go, ah, ah, naked man with the Bible. They're closing the door. This one opens, <laughs> opens up the door and is like, ah, naked man, where's my gun? Boom, shoots him. Guy's out there on the ground bleeding. <laughs> something, something tells me that uh, that is not the end of that story there. But anyway, he has been taken down, so don't worry about it, folks. This particular naked man carrying a Bible has been put in the hospital, but I'm sure there are others out there lurking about. This is from the San Francisco Gate, and Jesus Christmas, we are screwed, people. How's this headline? One in six Gen Z adults are LGBT, and this number could continue to grow. God. I hope not. This tribe is big enough. Jasper Schwartz recently realized that nearly all of her friends are queer in some way. They were eight years old when same-sex marriage became legal in Maryland, about 12 when they realized they were attracted to girls, and 14 when they came out as non-binary using they-them pronouns. Oh, another pack of brats with their special pronouns. Jasper grew up scrolling through gay memes on Instagram and following transgender influencers on YouTube. They attended a diverse public middle school in Montgomery County, Maryland, that taught lessons about sexual orientation and gender identity in health class. But at that point, Jasper said, I was already familiar with the stuff that they were teaching. Yes, because her brainwashing got started early. Jasper is a member of Generation Z, a group of young Americans that is breaking from binary notions of gender and sexuality and is far more likely than older generations to identify as something other than heterosexual. One in six adults in Generation Z identifies as LGBT, 
according to survey data released early Wednesday from Gallup, providing some of the most detailed and up-to-date estimates yet on the size and makeup of the nation's LGBT population. Philip Hammack, a psychology professor and director of the Sexual and Gender Diversity Laboratory at the University of California, Santa Cruz, I can only imagine how much fun that is, said the Gallup findings are extremely exciting. They are exciting to Philip, white boy Malcolm X. He is all excited about all these little LGBT queens running around and are consistent with his own research about young people identifying as LGBT in California. (laughs) And this article, folks, this article goes on and on and on about all the different buckets these kids want to put themselves into these days. And, you know, I'll tell you what, this is happening, I think, for about two reasons. And the first is, and we've talked about this a couple times on this podcast, is that everyone has to be special these days, right? Everyone has to have their special pronouns and everyone has to have their special gender and their sexual identity and they have to be special in some way. They just, it's just too vanilla, right? To be straight or anything these days, right? You have to be like, hi, I'm Sam and my pronouns are they, them. And you're supposed to be like, okay, Sam, they, them. And you're supposed to memorize that, right? Because if you don't, they're gonna be like, ah, you're just homophobic. You're just transphobic. You won't memorize my special pronouns. You'd be like, well, you know, that's great, Sam. But you know, I got 50 people right behind you. They got their special pronouns too. And I can't memorize everyone's special pronouns. Well, I'm super special. You have to memorize mine. And then if you don't do it, then they go on Instagram or Facebook or Twitter. They complain, oh, they're picking on me. They won't use my special pronouns. (laughs) So, you know, this is what we get when everyone has to be special. Everyone is special about something. This is how they're they're vocalizing that now, right? Just like, well, I'm just going to be special in my sexual orientation and my gender and all these other things. And I tell you, the second thing is, I think nowadays people are just terrified of admitting that they're heterosexual. (laughs) They're terrified because what happens if you come out and say, well, I'm a heterosexual man. What do you think is going to come out of people's mouths? You're an oppressor. You're a homophobe. You're a transphobe, right? So people are like, uh, I'm, a, I'm bisexual, right? Because bisexuals, what are they? They'll do anyone, right? So you can be like, you can keep banging women, but you'll be like, oh, I'm bisexual. Like, oh, how many men have you slept with? Well, none, but I'm just a bisexual. Because you just don't want to say you're heterosexual anymore because you're just terrified of what's going to happen. <laughs> Okay, Gen Z, if that makes you feel better, if that makes you sleep better at night, that you're you're special because you sleep with anyone or you call yourself whatever, your they, them pronouns, you, you go for it. <laughs> we are just screwed, screwed as a nation if this is a, this continues. This is from NPR, and this is this headline, oh my goodness. One of LAPD's first black officers reinstated more than 120 years after his firing. Well, it's about time they got around to that. Seeking to correct an injustice from more than a century ago, the Los Angeles Police Commission voted to posthumously reinstate and honor one of LAPD's first black police officers. And folks, he is capital B black, so he is definitely real black. Robert Stewart spent 11 years on the force before he was unjustly fired, the commission said. The five-member police commission voted unanimously to reinstate Stewart. Richard T. Fank, the executive director of the commission, told NPR. Moore, the LAPD chief, told the commission this week that recognizing Stewart's achievements will allow healing and reckoning for racial discrimination Stewart endured. When African Americans began working in this organization, there was still racism in the organization, said Moore, according to Spectrum. There was still racism in our country, as we know there is today. How we handle that recognition is how we move forward. In light of these circumstances, I am asking that the commissioners join the department in restoring Stewart's legacy over the course of this Black History Month, Moore added, as My News LA reported. The news site adds that the chief also proposed renaming the central area roll call room in Stewart's honor. I recognize that none of these actions can restore in death what was denied policeman Stewart in life, Moore said, but I firmly believe that correcting this wrong can serve as one of the many steps on the path to true reconciliation and progress. I guess it is too bad that Robert Stewart is not around to see this. I don't think his kids are around to see it. I don't think his grandkids are around to see it. I don't know if his great-grandkids are around to see that either. But uh, I guess digging him up for a little symbolism over substance makes all of them feel better about themselves and makes them feel more woke. They can run around going, we are fighting racism and oppression. And how do we do that? We just reinstate a dead guy. (laughs) Just dig him up. Here you go, sir. Here's your job back, even though you are not around to enjoy it. He ain't getting a paycheck for it either. Okay, then. This is what woke will get you. This is from the New York Post. 
Woman uses her own thong as mask after nearly being kicked out of store. <laughs> okay, then. Let's find out more about that. Don't get caught with your pants down, unless, of course, you need a face mask in a jiffy. A woman in South Africa avoided getting thrown out of a pick-and-pay supermarket by using her panties as a mask. Smartphone camera footage, so yes, folks, some idiot was running around with their cell phone recording all this, obtained by Newsflash, caught the bizarre interaction in which the store guard asked the maskless woman who was waiting with her cart of groceries in the checkout line to put on a face mask or leave the store. So apparently, folks, COVID Karen had had enough of that woman running around. So this woman goes into her local pick-and-pay supermarket, right? She doesn't have a mask on. She gets a cart. She walks around the store. She's picking up her groceries, up one aisle, down the other, up one aisle, down the other, getting her groceries. Then she gets in the line. Then that is when... (laughs) That is when they had had enough of that, right, folks? They didn't ask her to put her mask on when she walked in the door. They didn't ask her to put her mask on when she was going around picking up her groceries. She is a couple feet from the damn door (laughs) about to pay for her groceries. That is when they have had enough of her. That is when they were like, you need a mask, lady, or get out of here. Right before she pays for her groceries. In the next moment, the cheeky customer can be seen reaching up behind her paisley printed skirt, then pulling her black thong underwear down her legs and up to her face, where she placed it in such a way as to cover her nose and mouth. Happy, she sarcastically asked. (laughs) An astonished onlooker can also be heard uttering good lord from behind the camera. Meanwhile, another shopper standing online directly behind the now pantsless woman encouraged the stunt. Well, personally, I find it acceptable. It is a mask, she said. And quite frankly, I think the bacteria on your knickers is less than on the mask. Ugh. That is kind of foul. But, you know, we did have that story, folks, a couple weeks ago about how there is a fetish market out there where people will pay women to wear a mask around their vagina and then mail it to them so they can smell a woman's vagina on their mask. And this one just does it to herself. Takes her thong out and she's wearing it. I hope Gwyneth Paltrow doesn't find out about this because if you thought her vagina-scented candles were bad enough, wait till she comes out with her vagina-scented thongs for people to wear and wear as masks as well. Good God. But that is what you get with COVID care these days. They'll bust you and make you do these sort of nutty things because they got to have that mask on. This is from The Federalist, and the headline here is Why Democrats' Equality Act, which I think just passed the House, is dangerous to women, children, and gay people like me. So a queen wrote this, folks, about how this is actually very damaging. It's actually quite a long article, but just for you, white boy Malcolm X, I just want to read this one little section, destroying what it means to be gay. Gays, lesbians, and bisexual members of society would also effectively become extinct species under this bill. That's because it would enshrine the gender identity agenda that is counter to gay rights. For decades, we gays preached to the world that we were born this way, and that being gay, lesbian, or bisexual is not a choice. Lady Gaga's famous Born This Way has been embraced as a global gay anthem. And White Boy Malcolm X, did you hear about her dog walker getting shot? Someone stole her dogs. I mean, she got him back, but poor dog walker. Guy's out in California, just some dopey dog walker. Someone shoots him and steals the dogs. Good God. He's going to be okay, folks. Don't worry about it. But uh, be careful out there if you are a dog walker. Although if you're a dog walker in England, you'll probably get knifed. And I'd rather be shot, let's face it. Anyway, picking back up. We did not challenge nature or the science of our biology, nor millennia of human history's distinctions and separations of the two sexes. Now that's turned on its head. For the gender identity and trans-obsessed crowd, how you were born can be changed, and everything regarding sex and gender is simply a choice. There is a clear difference between sexual orientation, which does not challenge the science and reality of the difference between the biological sexes, and gender identity, which absolutely does. These issues must be treated separately. They are not the same and often oppose each other. If being gay means being a man who has a same-sex attraction to another man, the Equality Act would make this definition completely defunct. What is now a man? Whoever claims to be. Which I have said on this podcast I don't know how many times now. With the passage of this bill, a biological woman could call herself a man at will, then join a gay man's club, gym, sports team, sauna, you name it. If you are ever on a gay man's cruise, this would be about the time to jump overboard. (laughs) He's got it right, though. I got to give this guy credit. He's absolutely right. But I'll tell you what, you queens better bend the knee. (laughs) Or they're going to come up with a clever name like TERF for you as well, because that's what they call women, lesbians, who who fight this sort of thing. They are TERFs and transphobes. We're just transphobes right now, but they will come up with a 
turf-like name to call all of us. Good God. Very interesting article, folks, though. It is on the, uh, the Federalist. Again, why Democrats' Equality Act is dangerous to women, children, and gay people like me. I uh, strongly encourage you to go read that. This is an AP story. New York Times says it needs culture change, better inclusion. <laughs> That's all they need over there. The New York Times says it needs a culture change to become a better place to work, particularly for people of color. The newspaper told its employees in a report Wednesday that it will take steps to be more inclusive and welcoming, saying its study of the workplace culture represents a call to action. The Times, in its report, committed to increasing the percentage of blacks and Latinos in leadership roles from, get this folks, 9% now to a whopping huge 13.5% within five years. Wow. You girls over at the New York Times, don't break a sweat or anything doing that. A survey of employees didn't just uncover bad news. 95% of Times employees said they felt pride in working at the paper, and most have had positive experiences. It also found that 48% of new hires at the Times last year were people of color, the newspaper said. The overall percentage of non-white employees has increased from 27% in 2015 to 34% now. A majority of staff members and leaders are women. So if I understand this right, White by Malcolm X, 34% of the folks over at the New York Times are capital B black, or, well, if you're a SUNY white liberal, Latinx. So you've got black and Latinx people over there, 34%. A third of the folks over there are black and Latinx, and they are being managed 91%. I'm assuming 91% of their managers are white people, (laughs) those evil white racists. And in five years, five years, 86.5% of their managers are going to be white people. (laughs) So... All that diversity, and what do they get for it? Nothing. They're still being ruled by whitey. God, what a dumpster fire of a place that is over there. I tell you what, who runs that newsroom over there these days, though? It's these angry, woke millennials who get butthurt at the drop of a hat who are running that show over there every time they get offended. Every time something comes across as unwoke, they throw a hissy fit. I don't know how many people over there have just quit or been fired over there just because... Some kid doesn't get their way and then they all just get this mob mentality and they just go after people. (laughs) I hope you folks at the New York Times running this place are enjoying yourself, Mr. Schulzberger and uh, all you and Dean Banquet. Apparently he is capital B black, but uh, he is allowing the inmates to uh, run the asylum. And I, I don't know if you folks need any more of that crazy over there, but I guess that's what you're signing up for. Like, man. This has been going so well for us. <laughs> this woke mob running around just getting people. Let's let's do more of that. That's great. <laughs> that is the that is the record of paper. Good God. This is from Newsbusters, and here's this headline: Singer Demi Lovato condemns gender reveal parties as transphobic. And we were just talking about her. I guess she had a a relapse, drug relapse, and she had like a heart attack and three strokes. And we wished her the best then, but apparently. She is condemning gender reveal parties. All you heterosexual folks, you bisexual folks, if that includes you having babies out there and you are doing these gender reveal parties, you are a bunch of transphobes. Let's find out more about that. On February 24th, singer Demi Lovato, who identifies as queer. White Boy Malcolm X, did you know that Demi Lovato is queer? Well, she is. There you go. Reposted a lengthy Instagram piece entitled Why Gender Reveal Parties Are Transphobic written by an LGBTQ activist, author, speaker, known as Alok Vade Menon. And Vade Menon is hyphenated, so it's one of these angry hyphenated folks. The nine-page post claims that it is both insincere and incorrect to pretend that gender reveal parties are not transphobic. And so if you are Sir Ian McKellen, we just talked about this earlier in the podcast in our news quick hits, if you are Ian McKellen, Sir Ian McKellen, or ma'am Ian McKellen, whatever you want to go by, and you're wondering why the rest of the LGB community isn't standing with trans folks. It's because of nonsense like this. Nine pages, folks. Nine pages to rant and rave about a gender reveal party. <laughs> a lock Vade Menon is insane. I mean, literally insane if that is what they are doing. And, and, uh, and Demi, yes, they, because you know their pronouns are they, them. You got to know that, right? And Demi Lovato is like, Oh, this is great. We should repost this. And she's putting that up there as well. So you wonder, if you're wondering why, folks, 
why people hear the word transgender and run for the hills, that is exactly why. Because nine pages of insufferable whining and complaining about a stupid gender reveal party gets these people for clamp. Like, God, you people are exhausting and high maintenance. I don't want to deal with it anymore. So they are out of there. Nine pages. Well, a lock. Why not 10? Why not 11? Why not 12 pages? Just keep ranting and raving. You're already insane after one. This is from the post-millennial, and it's kind of a teacher bait story, but not really. Maryland teaching aide engaged in inappropriate behavior on Zoom call with eight grade students. A Maryland middle school teacher's aide was caught masturbating during a Zoom call with eighth grade students. Well, at least they're not actually touching the students. Mark Schack, a special education teaching assistant at Shady Grove Middle School in Gaithersburg, said he was unaware he was on camera pleasuring himself until the school interviewed him about the incident Bethesda Magazine reported. I thought I was logged out when class was over, said Schack to the magazine. I had no clue that Zoom was still on. Why would I do that? That's my job. I had no clue that Zoom was on. I mean, that's just crazy behavior. <laughs> Yeah, Mark. Yeah, it is. I'll tell you what, he's not the only one that's got uh, got busted masturbating on Zoom. The incident, which was later posted to social media, so someone took this, recorded it, and put it online for everyone else to see, showed Shaq, who was the moderator of the Zoom call at the time, stand up after gazing at the screen where he walked away and started touching his genitalia. A second moderator had to jump on the Zoom call to remove him and take his place. Mark Shack, who also runs a business that throws pirate parties for kids. <laughs> God. I don't know what kind of pirate party he's thrown, but I hope it's not that kind of pirate party. Called Pirate Magic, insisted his actions were a mistake. He said he never meant harm to his students. You gotta believe me on that, he said. I thought I was in the privacy of my own home. I had no clue, said Shack to Bethesda Magazine. I'm only human, he added. It was my bad. <laughs> I don't know if that's something you say, oops, my bad. That is not that, Mark. That is not where you use that term. Montgomery County Police told Fox 5 Thursday that Shaq would not be charged for the incident. Investigators conferred with the state attorney's office, and it was determined that the incident did not rise to the level of criminal offense under Maryland law. Well, I guess that's good to know. If you are out there, you're a creepy pervert, and you want to masturbate in front of small kids, (laughs) younger children, you can do that in Maryland. It probably is not going to rise to a criminal offense. I guess if it does, it probably is going to be a misdemeanor there. And the question I have is, who does a Zoom call with middle school students and gets horny, so horny that they have to rub one out like right away? (laughs) These kids are what, I don't know, 11, 12, 13 years old, 14? I don't know how old these kids are. They're middle school. I mean, probably some of them probably haven't even started puberty or they're just getting underway. And this guy's looking at them all on a Zoom call, looking at their little precious little faces there. And the first thing he does is like, I got to jerk off to this guy. <laughs> there's something going on there with Mark Shack to be looking at these kids. He runs a pirate party thing for them too. <laughs> Sounds like a kind of a pervert if you ask me. In my opinion, I don't know. I The last thing I think I would do if I were looking at an 11 or 12 year old is to like do that to myself. <laughs> to take care of business like that. But you know, I'm not a high school teacher and I'm not a middle school teacher. And these sick people out there getting a hold of these kids. Man, I am so lucky that I don't have kids these days, and this is just one of a thousand reasons why. Man, if you got to do that, find another job. This is from Study Finds, and how's this headline? Sewage samples reveal Americans, the Dutch, among the world's biggest users of party pills. And we already know know the Netherlands loves to hoover up that cocaine, but uh, hmm, let's find out more about party pills. Who knew sewage could tell so much about a country's drug habits? A new international study focusing on NPS, and that is new psychoactive substances, levels in wastewaters around the globe is providing an unprecedented insight into designer drug use patterns across numerous nations. Researchers from the University of South Australia say, based on what's in the sewers, people in the United States, Australia, and the Netherlands like to party the hardest. No kidding. Study authors analyzed wastewater content across various nations, including China, Norway, Italy, Spain, the Netherlands, New Zealand, Australia, and the U.S. The results revealed the use of party pills and bath salts is far greater in some countries than others. The Netherlands recorded the highest usage, no kidding, followed by Australia, New Zealand, and the United States. Spain, Italy, and China had the lowest incident of designer drug use in cities participating in the study, 
reports UniSA analytical chemist Dr. Richard Bade in a university release. Of the eight countries studied, only Norway showed no traces of NPS. And you know they're probably druggies in Norway. They just they go to Sweden. They go, they go to the Netherlands. They get their cocaine there. That's where they party. More specifically, the Australia team uncovered N-ethylpentylone in waste samples from the United States, Australia, and New Zealand. The substance has been around for decades and can cause fatal overdoses. Researchers also discovered mephedrone, and I assume I'm pronouncing that incorrectly, and I'm sorry if I am, don't get too butthurt about it, whose street names include Drone, MCAT, White Magic, so that obviously is racist, and Meow Meow. <laughs> hey man, can I get some Meow Meow? In samples from Australia and New Zealand. Notably, on New Year's Eve, the study finds mephedrone usage spiked in New Zealand by 20 times the normal rate. So they really love that Meow Meow in New Zealand. The United States is the only nation showing signs of metragynine and acetylphenitol use as well. Metragynine contributed to nearly half of NPS-related deaths in 2019. Fentanyl, which has become infamous during America's opioid crisis, also has a strong connection in rising U.S. drug fatality rates. This study was published in Water Research. <laughs> so, there you go, folks, you drug addicts, you junkies in uh, America and New Zealand and Australia, and, of course, you Dutch out there snorting your coke and doing all your other party drugs. <laughs> Gosh. Heavens, meow meow. Go get you some meow meow. Okay, folks, this is our last story, our smoking gun story. And it is quite a doozy. Man will cop to mutilating his wife's lover. So yes, this is going to be quite the interesting read here. The Florida man charged with mutilating his wife's bound lover is set to plead guilty to the scissor attack, though he claims to have blacked out during the incident and cannot recall any details of the bloody offense, which left the victim with a severed penis. And I don't know about you folks, but this man, Alex Bonilla, I think he's a bit of a racist for using the term blacked out because let's face it, folks, you're not allowed to use the term Black Friday, right? That is considered racist these days. So he's saying he blacked out. I don't know what kind of racial undertones that has, but the woke community out there is going to be triggered when they hear about that. Alex Benia, 51, is scheduled to plead guilty Thursday to multiple felony charges in connection with the horrifying July 2019 assault inside the victim's mobile home in Bell a town 40 miles west of Gainesville. Bonilla, who has been jailed since his arrest, lived across the street from the victim, who is married with two young daughters. Bonilla, a father of five who emigrated from El Salvador in 1990, resided with his 35-year-old second wife and couple's three young children. A pre-sentence report filed last month by the Florida Department of Corrections provides a harrowing account of Bonilla's attack, which came two months after he caught his wife having sex with the victim. In an interview with a probation officer, Bonilla said that he met the victim in the man's home and told him, you need to stay away from my wife and leave her alone. Bonilla claimed that a scuffle ensued with the victim tackling him. The defendant states that he then blacked out and doesn't remember anything from that point until his arrest later that day at the dairy where he had worked for nearly 20 years. So let's do a quick summary. So this guy says he winds up over at the man's house. The guy's banging his wife. He goes over there. He's like, you need to stop. The guy just jumps him. And the next thing this guy knows, he's just waking up, and all of a sudden he's at a dairy. He's like, huh, what happened there? But he's just, boom, he's at the dairy, and the popos show up and arrest him and take him away. And he's like, I had no idea what's going on. I don't remember anything. Okay, then. Okay, then, Alex. And this is where it gets a little squirmy for you men out there. The victim, however, provided a gruesome, detailed recollection of the premeditated attack that began when Bonilla showed up at his home with a 9 millimeter handgun tucked under his arm, I came here to fix something, Bonilla said, according to the victim. After accompanying the victim into a bedroom, I don't know what those two are doing back there, Bonilla first threatened to strike the man with a metal pipe he removed from his pants. So he's got a gun, these two go into a bedroom, and he whips out his pipe. Bonilla then tied the victim's hand behind his back, saying, You are not going to die, but you are going to have something to remember this for your whole life. Bonilla then pulled down the man's shorts, saying, This is normal, you will not die today. <laughs> Okay, let's find out what was normal. After putting on a pair of gloves, Bonilla tied a rubber band at the base of the victim's penis several times to cut off the circulation. He then took out a pair of scissors. So this guy has a gun, a pipe, and a pair of scissors. What didn't he bring over? And said, this is for all the women you have been having relationships with. As blood splurted everywhere, Bonilla cut off three quarters of the victim's penis. 
before departing with the severed organ. So he took the penis with him, white boy Malcolm X. Bonilla warned the victim, don't act this way, this is normal. And if you try to call the police, I will be out in two months and I will come back and finish this. So I guess in El Salvador, that's normal, cutting a guy's junk off. God, kind of weirdo and a nut. The victim, whose penis was not recovered, told the probation officer that urinating and the ability to have sex with his wife has been messed up for the rest of his life. He added that doctors have told him he will never have any sensation in his penis again. So there you go, folks. If you haven't learned your lesson, especially you folks in Florida, if you have not learned your lesson, do not bang your neighbor's wife. (laughs) Because that sociopath may show up at your house with a gun and a pipe and a pair of scissors, tie you up and chop that thing off and threaten to come back and chop the rest of it off if they didn't get it all the way down to the base. Okay, then, Alex, you have fun in jail, buddy, because I'm sure someone's going to teach you a lesson you're not going to forget either. And on, uh, on that note, thank you so much, folks, for stopping by the Miller Frost Show with me, your host, Miller Frost, and my fake black friend, white boy Malcolm X, who no doubt is going to spend the next couple of hours finishing his celebration of this glorious month of celebrating Black History Month for 28 days. And he's going to be ramping up for Gay Pride Month, which has 30 days, but there's no racism involved in that whatsoever. Anyway, have a great rest of your weekend, a great start to your week, and we look forward to having you back here in a couple days. In the meantime, take care. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.